Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Joe, and you're listening to Crime Shots. Let's start this story off on the morning of May 15th, 2015. Okay. Right around 7 a.m., a jogger noticed a woman, woman's body lying on the side of Elmo Whedon Road. Um, Elmo Whedon Road, it's, and we just, we talked about this in the last episode, right? It's a semi-rural road, so it's a, it's not a highway. This is a, it's a two-lane road. Uh, it's paved. Yeah. But it's, there's just not a lot of people that live on it. There's probably, everybody's got a minimum. I'd say, you know, probably five acres. So it's, there's houses up and down Elmo Whedon Road and businesses, but it's not real populated, right? And what town is this in? It's on the southeast side of College Station, Texas. Oh, okay. Um, so the jogger sees the body, and first thing he thinks is it's a hit and run, and he goes to call 911. Right, of course. Uh, and the... Brazos County Sheriff's Office receives the 911 call, and around 7.30 a.m., deputies arrive on the scene. So they find the body of 30-year-old Vanessa Gonzalez. She's a mother of four, and it appears she has been badly beaten. Oh, no. Um, almost a half mile away, they find a white Nissan that's kind of crashed into the woods, right? And the car has pretty serious damage all across the entire front. And then there's blood spatter all over the front of the car, the driver's side, the doors, and the underside of the car. Well, that's awfully suspicious. Uh, after they kind of inspect the car a little bit more, they find blood all over the back passenger seat of the car. That's consistent with there being uh, a pretty serious struggle or assault inside the car. And it was later determined that Vanessa had been run over multiple times by her own car. What? So that was that was actually Vanessa's car, and she had been hit and run over multiple times. Oh my God! Um, and it looked like whoever had done it was kind of trying to make a getaway and ended up losing control, crashed the car, got out, and took off. Wow. So. Deputies now realize that they're looking for a driver who would possibly be injured and should most definitely have blood on him or her. Right. Or at least be missing clothing to conceal whatever evidence there might have been, right? Right. Um, so the deputies start searching the surrounding neighborhood, and they, they used reverse 911 to actually ask residents if they'd seen anybody suspicious. You Have you heard of that? Uh, nope. So apparently they can do that where they can, you know, 911 will 
if you call 911, they get your address, right? They're going to see that. So they can actually use reverse 911 to call people in that area. Oh. And reach out to them and say, hey, have you seen anything suspicious or whatever in case of a situation like this where there may have been somebody that, you know, is somebody without a shirt necessarily suspicious, right? Yeah. Unless somebody's asking you. Um, so they, they use that technique or reverse 911 to start asking residents if they had seen anybody suspicious or possibly injured in that area that morning. Um, so around this same time, so in the probably, you know, it's around 7 a.m. that morning. There's really no record of exactly when. 30 mm-hmm. year old Danny Diaz shows up to his ex-girlfriend Emily Lopez's mother and stepfather's house. Okay. Okay. Um, The house was located about a mile and a half away from the originally reported crime scene where Vanessa's body was found. Uh, He was said to be wearing Texas Longhorn wind pants. Oh. Which kind of goes back to this theory that I've started to create, you know. Oh, you better watch it. Texas Longhorns. Oh. And and people with weird <laughs> names, you know, should probably be put on your list of possible suspects in case of emergencies. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just trying to help the people, you know. So, um, so anyway, so uh, Texas Longhorn wind pants with what the stepfather who answered the door. Uh, described at first as grease all over him. Grease? I guess what he's talking about is like that red grease you can get. No, but okay. Um, later on, do what? Like what kind of grease? Axle grease. I mean, any type of anything. It's, you know, there's, well, there's black, there's black, or uh, grease is typically red, I guess, when it's new, right? And then as it's used or as it's, in whatever you're you're using it for, it tends to turn black. But it can be red, or originally would be red if you first put it on something. Most, I mean, there's all different types of grease, but I can see what he's saying. Is there is that type of grease that's that's got a red color to it? But later on, he would, uh, I say, admit that's not probably not the best word, but he would concede that it was probably blood and oh. I don't, you know, I don't know why he wouldn't um, associate that with blood at first, but maybe denial. I don't know. But so it was well known that to kind of everyone in this circle, which, like I said, this was so Danny Diaz's ex-girlfriend, Emily Lopez, uh, dated Danny for like 10 years and they had a child together. So obviously to this family. It would it would be well known, right, that he had a pretty extensive criminal record. Of course. Uh, according to the the Brazos County criminal records, um, he had been in their system 22 times. So he had been incarcerated 22 times since 2004 for crimes ranging from anything as small as drug possession and you know maybe more major traffic crimes all the way up to assault and domestic violence. So he had he'd been in trouble a lot and everybody knew it. So that kind of goes back to this whole grease thing. It's like, why would you even if you know the guy, 
why wouldn't murder be the first thing? <laughs> it wouldn't be a stretch to say, oh, he had blood all over him in my head. Um, so it's kind of a weird one, but regardless, um, that was kind of how that went down. So when, uh, when Emily's stepfather answered the door, Danny asked if Emily's mother was home and if he could come inside. Ooh, no. And I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent sure whether she was home or not. The, the reports are kind of unclear, but, but what was clear is that the stepfather knew about Danny's criminal history, right? Right. And most likely didn't trust Danny enough to let him inside. Of course. So he told Danny that Emily's mother wasn't home. Whether she was or not, we don't know. That's kind of a hard thing to determine because it doesn't really elaborate on that in the reports. But okay, some of the reports said that he said something to the effect of, that's okay, I'll go get your daughter then. Oh, what? So... Again, this was some reports said that some reports said he just left in that direction. Yeah, we can't really we can't know one way or the other. But if that is what he said, wasn't he dating the daughter? though? No. So this was Emily was the Emily was his ex-girlfriend. OK, OK, so they're not dating anymore, but they have a kid. So together. so let's go. Let's let's start over here. So Emily was the ex-girlfriend. Right. When he said, I'll go get your daughter then, he wasn't going to Emily's house. Emily didn't live anywhere near there. Ashley okay. lived nearby, which was Emily's oh. sister. So when, oh. when in the, the reference here, when he's talking about daughter, he's not talking about Emily. He's talking about Ashley. Oh. And again, we can't, we can say allegedly, I guess, because we don't really know that he said that. That was in a couple of reports and I don't, who knows, but regardless, like it's something that maybe the stepdad said or the dad said it would, it would have been a quote from the stepfather, but okay, we don't, like I said, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of blurry because I saw that a couple of times and then other times I didn't, it was, it was left out or not really mentioned at all. Right. So Emily's sister, 26 year old Ashley Garcia was a mother of two. And she lived right down the road from her parents. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny left in the direction of her house. And a short while later, Ashley sent her mom a text message saying that Danny was there and that he asked to take a shower. So Ashley mentioned in the text messages that it, quote, looked like he had murdered someone, judging by the volume oh, of wow. blood on his clothes. I don't know if that was said as like a joke. Or if that was. Yeah said seriously because there's no nobody knows other than the text messages between Ashley and her mom nobody really knows what happened after Danny got there other than Danny and Ashley right mm-hmm. Ashley does mention in the text that she's going to give Danny a ride okay so <laughs> i don't know we can say one way or the other kind of however We think it went down, but it's entirely possible Danny could have gotten her phone and texted that to her mom. Right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, all we know is that a text came from her phone to her mom. Right. Saying that she was going to give him a ride. Right. Okay. So shortly after that, the text messages stop abruptly. So Uh they're having a conversation and no reply back from Ashley. 
Um, so the reports are kind of unclear at this point as well, as far as how exactly Ashley's mother notified the sheriff's office of Danny Diaz and, and the, the suspicious behavior. Yeah. Some reports said that she called 911. Others said she actually showed up at the original crime scene where Vanessa's body was found and told deputies that she was worried about her daughter's safety. But either way, um, the deputies at this point now are pretty sure who they're looking for, right? Right, right. So uh, as the scene kind of develops, deputies receive numerous tips that kind of lead all over Brazos County from friends and family. Um, and I guess if you don't know, so Bryan and College Station, Texas, are basically separated by signs, right? I mean, if yeah. uh-huh. you take one step north and you're in Bryan, you take a step south and you're in College Station. And the only reason you know is the welcome to Bryan or welcome to College Station sign. So they're, we call them the Twin Cities, right? Yeah. And they're in the middle of Bryan College Station. Um, home of the home of the Aggies. There right? you go. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so none of these none of these tips that were received helped locate Danny or Ashley. Um, and then it was about three and a half hours after the original 911 call about Vanessa um, when Danny Diaz. I'm sorry, David Diaz, Danny's brother, calls 911 and tells him that he just saw Danny standing off the road near a black Chevy Tahoe that was stuck in the mud. So there's no reports kind of on David's actions before the 911 call. Yep. Um, you would kind of think maybe he'd stop and offer help to his brother if he saw him stuck in the mud on the side of the road. But we don't know. There's yes. nothing... There's no report as to anything before that 911 call other than what David mentioned, which is what he saw. So David Diaz lived on Pleasant Hill Road, which is it's kind of a crossroad between uh, Highway 21 and Sandy Point Road. This is on the northwest side of Bryan. So if you're if you're visualizing a map, Brian is north. Brian's on the north side. College Station is on the south side. The first crime scene where Vanessa's body was found was southeast of College Station. So if you're looking at a map and you're seeing the city of Brian on top and the city of College Station on the bottom smashed together, bottom right. right corner is where Vanessa's body was found. Top left corner, or the northwest side, is where... David Diaz lives and where he's reporting that he saw his brother on the side of the highway. Does that make sense? It's kind of, it's unclear where exactly Danny and the Tahoe were, but it, it seems like they were either on the corner of highway 21 and Pleasant Hill, right? Or on the corner of Pleasant Hill and Sandy point road. I could not find out where David worked because so he said he was coming home from work he was working a swing shift, so 4 a.m. to 11 a.m. So that's why he happened to pass Danny on his way home, and he called. I tried to find out where David worked, and I couldn't find it. But either way, he's heading home to his house on Pleasant Hill Road. So he had to either pass Danny. It, 
the Tahoe was said to be found near Pleasant Hill Road. So it was either on Highway 21 near Pleasant Hill or on Sandy Point near Pleasant Hill. Either way, mm-hmm. um, that's, yeah. Okay, so right. um, so deputies arrive on the second scene shortly after David's 911 call, and they find Danny near the Tahoe. And after a short foot pursuit, um, they went to put Danny in the squad car, and Mike Bishop, Ashley's biological father, showed up on the scene saying that Emily had called him, and she was frantic, saying that Danny had Ashley, and she was worried that he would try to hurt her. When Mike gets on the scene, he asks the deputies if his daughter had been killed, and they told him that he, quote, was on the right track. Uh, It it turns out later that they had found a machete in the Tahoe that had blood and hair on it. Oh. And there was a pool of water in the seat that tested positive for the presence of blood. So they were pretty sure that she was either dead or severely injured. But they didn't tell Mike that at first. Um, A machete. Yeah. One of the more gruesome ways to do it. Yeah. So a short time later, Mike directs the deputies to a house nearby where he had found the decapitated body of Ashley Garcia in a dumpster. Oh, no. So at this point, there's kind of there's rumors circling this case about how Ashley's body was found. And some of the more gruesome ones say that her head was found on a fence post or on a stake. Um. None of that is substantiated in the report or in the official reports, but what we can do is we can get a direct quote from the local newspaper there, the Eagle, uh-huh. and it says this. So, quote, Edge resident Mike Bishop said he was the person who directed deputies to his daughter's body in the large trash bin. He said he saw a portion of her body as he pulled up to the scene in search of his daughter. So you can kind of, I guess, um, dissect that however you want. Right. Um, To be sensitive, I can see how the news would report it the way they report it here. Yeah. And I can see how that would be left out of records if it was kind of unnecessary. Like out of respect for the victim's family. Exactly. So, you know, that's kind of where we'll have to leave that. But we'll probably never know the exact details of a lot of this, right? Because this is it. It's a small town, small town murder, small town situation. And there's just not it, this is not one of the nationally covered stories that you're going to hear every single detail about back and forth, up and down, left and right. So I think I saw stories in Houston and Dallas in their newspapers and just one of each, I guess, but or in the news. But that was about as far as the story got. So. And, you know, considering the murderer was apprehended immediately, you can kind of see how the story gets started and then ends pretty quickly. I mean, there's really no point to kind of drawing it out. So. Right. Um. So when the detectives get Danny to the interview room for questioning, he seems like he's having a hard time answering questions. And at one point he starts to get sick and he 
there's different reports that he, he either spits or throws up, um, kind of depending on the source, something containing blood and possibly um, maybe bits of flesh in the trash can mm-hmm. and kind of begins to get sick. So the deputies take Danny to the hospital to get him checked out. Later, they test the blood in the trash can and they confirm that it was Ashley's blood. So, you know, the speculation there, I guess, is that Danny had ingested part of Ashley or at least drank some of her blood. But oh my God. as with kind of the previous rumor we just talked about, none of that was ever explained in official reports. Um, right. But Danny did spend a couple days in the hospital um, under sheriff's guard until he was deemed fit to leave. So Danny had been previously diagnosed as bipolar and then even more recently uh, as schizophrenic, but it seemed like he really hadn't taken a whole lot of action as far as trying to treat his mental illness. And there's also reports that he may have been intoxicated. There's even rumors that maybe K2, remember that stuff? Yeah. Spice may have been involved. And there's no recordings. There's no. I remember, did they, did they, is is that still a thing or did they finally take it off the shelf? I I know it was a big thing there for a while. Well, it's definitely not legal anymore, right? It used to be you just go into a gas station and buy some. It is not legal anymore. The problem with that stuff... Kush? What, did they call it Kush? Well, that was one of the brand names. There was a bunch of them. But the problem with that stuff that they kind of figured out later was that none of the stuff that was in this was technically illegal on its own, right? So weed is legal because marijuana is a controlled substance. This right. stuff was herbs that had some crazy toxic chemicals sprayed on it uh-huh. that would get you high. So yeah. there was no way to classify it as right. Well, it could have been anything. It could have literally from bag to bag, you're getting a different concoction of chemicals that are going to get you high. Some of it will kill you. Right. Some of it will make you insane. Who knows? But there was no regulation there because how do you regulate all these little chemicals, right? You can't regulate right. those. So what, what ends up happening is they can kind of slip through the cracks and go, oh, well, we're just selling this as, and they were calling it, what, incense, right? And then, you know, if you happen to smoke it, well, that's on you. So they ended up having to crack down on that, and I'm not really sure exactly what type of laws they passed to get that banned, but it's no longer legal to sell on the shelves. So it's it's still available. I think you can still get it if you want it, but it's going to be in a – you know, marijuana or cocaine or whatever other drug type of transaction um, yeah. now. So he, I, I guess what I was saying earlier is there, there are no recordings of any type of questioning or anything like that. But as a defense, it, at one point it, there was mentioned that he said something like the devil told him to do it. Oh, dear. So his defense was trying to basically go for the insanity plea. And on June 12th, um, he was found mentally competent to stand trial. 
So he ended up pleading guilty to two counts of first-degree murder and given two consecutive life sentences. So he wasn't... Uh, he was not found mentally unstable oh. enough to not have to stand trial. I am confused at how I feel about this. Okay. On one hand, I feel like he is 100% not mentally stable at all, and he needs all of the medical's attention. Yep. Um, however, I like the fact that they called him on his bullshit, and they're like, no, you're not going to be sent to a hospital. We're going to put your ass in prison. Yeah, and, I, you know, I don't know. I just, there's... There's so much nuance in all this that you don't ever really, you never really know exactly what you're dealing with. Um, I mean, was he, was he crazy or was he so high on some of this other stuff? Like, we don't know, right? He had plenty of drug charges. Like, the man's not, it's not like he was drug shy at all. So, yeah. I mean, just because. Just because you're high at the time, and I'm not saying he was, let's say allegedly, right? Let's say he was allegedly high at the time of these murders. That doesn't give you the excuse to say, oh, well, I don't have to stand trial now because that wasn't really me. I mean, that was right. your choice to do what you did. So, you know, if he was schizophrenic and if he was, if he was truly schizophrenic and truly bipolar to a point that that could have caused that issue... I would think they wouldn't have found him mentally competent. I'm sure there I mean, would have been a doctor like that would have come are... forward and said, hey, that's not, you know, he has a right. problem and here's the reason. I do feel like there are situations where um, people legitimately don't don't know what they did. Right. Or something. No, I agree. But I don't think that this was. I don't think so either. This is somebody who But I had... do think that he is a mental case, 100%. Oh, for sure. But how much of it was self-inflicted. Oh yeah. Right. And it's, you know, somebody with a rap sheet like this guy, I mean, at one point, Ashley's dad said that he had a rap sheet that would reach from here to Dallas, meaning from Brian to Dallas. So, I mean, it wasn't just that he had a rap sheet. It was that he had a rap sheet and everybody knew it. Like the guy was a problem. Yeah. So, you know, I, and he deserves to be in prison. I would say so. I he almost I would I would go a little more extreme than that. I mean, you took two mothers from two full families for what? And then did you're he, still so allowed did to. Did he ever? Did he ever talk to anybody and confess as to like why he did what he did? So far, I haven't heard anything at all, as far as. Yeah his story or him even trying to tell his story. So, so he's just keeping it all locked up. And that's another thing too, is I feel like if that was, a, if that was the, the situation, right? If you're, let's say you're mentally unstable. Let's say you thought the devil told you to do it. When you come yeah. to, right? When this is all over yeah. with and everything, the dust settles. If yeah. you're not on the, the ground in a puddle, Losing your mind. Right. I'm going to have my doubts about that story. You know what I mean? 
Exactly. Yeah. The fact that you can still look somebody in the eye, you know, with no, I mean, it, there was plenty of reports basically saying he had no remorse. I mean, this was, it wasn't that he, he just didn't show anything. He showed nothing. Right. So it just, I mean, I can, care. I can see doing that. If you're in a courtroom environment where you're having to try to convince a jury that you're not guilty, but if you plead guilty to both murders and then you still have no remorse, that's pretty bad. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. there's a big difference between pleading guilty, no remorse, and being in a courtroom environment, no remorse. I can completely right. see you going, look, I've got to fight for my life here. I can't show anything. Otherwise, I'm going to be found guilty. As opposed to, I did it, and I don't care. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's just, that's terrible for the families, not knowing why this happened to to their, to their daughter, their mother. Right. And then he did not receive the death penalty. No, he got life. And I I would assume that's because he pled guilty, right? Oh, yeah. So he basically cut a plea deal deal that... Here you're gonna take we'll life instead live. of right. But which I don't think's fair. Since so since all this happened, um there was a GoFundMe set up for Ashley Garcia's family that raised a little over thirteen thousand dollars. Nice. And then Vanessa's mom um actually filed a civil suit against Danny Diaz. Mm-hmm. I didn't see how much it was for, and I don't know that it even matters because he doesn't have any money and he'll never have any money. He's going to die in prison, but it was kind of a, a moral win, right? Mm-hmm. right. She ended up winning that, but yeah. So that's that one. Wow. It's just, it's crazy how that kind of thing can happen just out of yeah. nowhere. Oh, and I can't even imagine like being that person that like, drives up on that scene and is the one that has to call the authorities right. and say, hey, there's that person decapitated here. Yep. Well, it was her dad. I mean, imagine that. Yeah. It's even that much worse. <clears throat> or, you know, being a mom texting their daughter saying, well, I think this guy killed somebody and he's in my shower. Right. I can't even that that has I mean, it's it still bothers me as to what really I don't I'm not convinced she was texting her mom that, you know what I mean? I'm I don't know. It's I mean, it sounds to me like it was. Well, the text messages. Okay, let me let me rephrase. I'm not convinced she texted her mom that she was going to give him a ride. And then whatever happened after that. Right. The first one I can see where she said it right. looks like you may have been murdered. You may have murdered somebody. Right. From then on, it almost sounds like he had done something to her, gotten her phone, and then tried to smooth it over at least until he could get away. Right. I mean, I don't know. Which it's all speculation. It didn't succeed anyway. Yeah, but why would you tell your mom that and then agree to give him a ride anywhere? Yeah. So, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. 
That's crazy. It's insane. I don't know why people are the way that they are. It just <laughs> it just goes to show that the whole the whole it it will never happen to me thing keeps shrinking more and more and more. You know what I mean? Like everybody yeah. says that and everybody says that. But <laughs> yep. the more you look at it, it's like, oh no. Oh no, you were know, you were was, really wrong. I know, that's what I was telling my mom the other night at Bradley's basketball game. It was out of town, and there was no lights on in the parking lot. It was, like, jet black outside. And I was like, I'm by myself. Somebody could easily snatch me up. I mean, they would return me because they can't afford the grocery <laughs> bill, but they c I could have been captured. Because it was dark in that parking lot. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not a fan of this. Mm -mm -mm. Not a fan. It could happen. It could happen to anybody. Yep. It really could. There's that many crazy people out there. Lock your doors. Lock your doors. There's crazy people on the loose. Yep. All right. Good episode. On to the next. Yep. That one. And also, uh, we'll just throw this in there. Remember to check out our merch store. Yep. We'll go to the Facebook page. Give us a like. The link is on our Facebook page. And we're constantly and posting episodes, the new episodes up on the Facebook page, as well as if you're subscribed, you're going to get that. And then right. merch stores there. You can go check out the merch. And hey, if yep. there's something we don't have that you want, I mean, we are obligated Send us a comment. to make sure that we get that for you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Christmas is coming up. There you go. Start start gifting people some podcast merch. We might make some Christmas some, some Christmas crime shot stuff. I don't know. That would be fun. Yeah, we'll see. We should do that. We'll we'll work on that. We'll work on some uh Christmas crime shots merch. Oh yeah. And uh so go like us, follow us. You can actually listen to us now directly on Facebook. Yep. And uh Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and check us out.